Welcome to the Christian Politics Podcast, brought to you by the For Youth, By Youth Productions. This podcast is designed to discuss modern issues through the lens of the Bible. Welcome back to episode 15 of the Christian Politics Podcast. We're so excited about being able to uh, have a guest on with us today uh, from Hickory, North Carolina. But before we get started, uh, we're going to begin just talking about sort of our week, how things have been going, go into some topics of conversation that have been going on uh, this week. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff going on with the impeachment and some other things. But before we get started with that, uh, Bryson, just sort of tell us how your week's been going and uh, if there's been anything interesting that's happened this week for you. Um, Not really, uh, honestly. uh, uh, So just a boring life this week. Well, really, pretty much. uh, But no, it's it's been a good week. You know, we have school uh, where we're at. We have school two days a week. And so... um, that that's kind of different than what we're used to, but it gives us like three other days left in the week to do whatever, which is bad for me because I'm a terrible procrastinator. <laughs> so on Sunday night is usually when I'm doing my homework. Um, but you know, yeah, no, nothing exciting much has really happened. Well, you know, week. we How are in you? a small town, Alexander County. There's not a lot going on, um, but sometimes we like it like that. We like it where it's a little bit more calm. We're not in the big city. Uh, we're taking things easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, some things that are in news right now. There's uh, two things we said we were going to start talking about um, from last week. One of those is this. China has built a military base in the Caribbean far away from China. So if you know your geography at all, if you can remember back to your fifth and sixth grade geography days, um, China is on one side of the world and America is on the other side of the world pretty much. Uh, they're separated by a lot of water on both sides. And uh, the Caribbeans are pretty close to the America. Um, and so they have bought a portion of the Caribbean, and they have built this military base on it. Uh, and our question is this, Bryson, why uh, did they do this? And now are they now they're within striking distance. So why do you think that they've done this? What's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, China has a plan that's publicly released that everybody knows about. It doesn't really get talked about in the mainstream media, but uh, they have a plan that... Um, uh, they believe that President Xi, um, so he's the president of China, which um, he's really the ringleader of China because they're really communists. He's, they say he's the president. They kind of cover up their communism. But he um, believes that it is China's destiny to rule the world, which is sort of like a one-world government type thing. Mm-hmm. And so I really personally, I think that, like, why does China need a military base in the Caribbean that's like hundreds of miles off the coast of Florida? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me why they need that, because I don't think the U. I mean, the U.S. is a threat to anybody, but I don't think the U.S. is going to just straight up, you know, we're not uh, very tense at the moment with China to where, like, we would, you know, do any anything like that. And the U.S. doesn't start wars. We yeah, just, we, you know, we don't, we didn't buy any of North Korea, South Korea land and build right. a military base there. Right, we don't do that. that. Yeah. Um, that. But it just... To me, it doesn't. I mean, I understand like what they're doing, like, and we have embassies throughout the world, but like that's a different thing than just having a straight up military base within striking distance of the U.S. And that's kind of it's not even being talked about anywhere. You can fact check us on that because uh, we have an article that we're referring to. Um, you might say all these people are crazy, but um, <laughs> it's. I mean, we've read up on about it, studied it, and so that that's happened. They're also buying uh, a, a good deal of land, like in our country. Now, this is not people that are technically associated uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. They could be very well, but um, it's claimed that um, these people uh, are coming in from China 
uh, immigrating to the U.S., and they're paying these ranchers uh, twice the amount that their ranch is worth uh, for their ranch. And so they're buying up this land in, like, Oklahoma area, uh, Kansas, sort of the, like, middle of America. Mm -hmm. And so that, to me, like, why why are they... uh, these people immigrating from China. I'm not saying that they, they might not be associated with them, but since this has happened uh, in several circumstances, why would they be doing this um, and paying the ranchers twice the amount uh, for their ranches? It just, something doesn't add up, and it's kind of kind of scary in a way. Um, yeah, and if you go back and you listen to two episodes ago with our good friend Daniel Odom, he spoke on this a little bit about how China is having this one-world project, this one uh, this I can't remember the name of it exactly, uh, but how they're coming in, they're infiltrating not just America, but all over the world with little bits of uh, with their money and they're giving money because they are trying to uh, group these people, uh, bring them in by buying them out um, and, and doing these things. Uh, the second thing we want to talk about, it goes along with China as well. China's also been purchasing... Oh, you just said that. Yeah, uh, that's what we just talked about. <laughs> sorry. We yeah. did one and two uh, together. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I apologize for that. No, you're good. So um, I brought that in secondly. You know, why... And our big question is, why haven't we heard this from the mainstream media? Why haven't we heard any reports, anything that's been going on uh, in this factor in any way, shape, or form? It's a little disturbing. Uh, and maybe there is some things out there. Maybe a, a group of people have... Have heard this? Let us know. Send us an article so we can cite that because we want to uh, see this in our news media. Bryson, what's the next thing we're going to talk about? So the next thing we're going to talk about is the obvious Trump was just impeached again for the second time. He's the only president to uh, be impeached in the House of Representatives twice. And so they impeached him this time with um, several Republicans siding with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. Ten of them. Ten of them. And that was sort of shocking to me. I think that's uh, some rhinos coming out, some uh, fake Republicans, some members of the deep state that are um, switching, showing their true colors, really, because they sided for Trump when they needed it for their votes. And now they're siding with the Democrats when they need it to stay in office to uh, hold that power that they have because they're, uh, like I said, members of the deep state and their love for this country and, and what they're doing for this country is, is really um, not for the common good. It's, it's really um, they're, they're in there for power and money. And, and so that it, it's disappointing to see those Republicans uh, switch over, but it kind of shows their true colors in all honesty. Yeah. And so let's just sort of if you haven't been following the media and you're listening to us, um, President Trump was impeached for the second time in the House. And so what that just simply means is he formally from the House has been signed in the Articles of Impeachment based on incitement. Okay, that's the only charge they're charging him with is incitement of people. Okay, so you can take this a couple different ways. Um, Some people believe that he incited the riots and he's responsible because he incited it. Um, It would be almost like a governor getting up and saying, uh, I'm against health care. And this person hears this and says, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill a doctor because the governor said he's against it, so I'm against it, I'm going to go out and do it. So would the governor be responsible for the death because he said that he's against health care? I would say no. And and so some people have their differences of opinions on this, Um, the incitement, the the different thoughts they have there is what's going on. But we want to look at this way. Um, He's been tried for this one act. Mitch McConnell has already said he will not bring it before the Senate um, before Joe Biden 
becomes into president. So he's going to just table it. He's not going to call the the Senate in. So the Congress will not um, try him while he's a president. So impeachment, the basic definition of impeachment, if you're listening to this, is this, removal from office. Okay, so if you try a president after he has been already removed from office, is it even impeachment? Bryson, what's your thoughts? Well, the reason, so he's got, how many days does he have left? He's got like a week left. Well, when in this office. comes out, it comes out on Monday, so he'll right. have like three days. Three days left. So yeah. um, he'll have three days left. What you're th- okay, so you're probably sitting here with your common sense that you have thinking, why would they be impeaching him with three days left? They don't want another Trump presidency because he exposed everybody as much as he could in the four years that he he was in and did a great job doing it. And they did, they the members of the deep state that I just talked about, they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Even Republicans, because they want to stay in power. They want to do nothing for America. They want to accomplish nothing. And so Trump, he, he threw... Uh, uh, um, he, he ruined all of that. He ruined mm-hmm. their great plan uh, for power. And so the reason that that's why you see these Republicans signing up on it, and that's the reason they're impeaching him even on into Joe Biden's first term is because they don't want to see him uh, hold a uh, uh, office again uh, in, in any way, shape, or form because they know that that's threatening to them personally. Um, and obviously that would uh, be beneficiary to the country, and obviously that's not what they're interested in. So. Yeah. That's that's sort of why I think that we're seeing this complete uh, sham of an impeachment. I mean, the last one was crazy. This one is absolutely absurd. Uh, you can look at the uh, the speech that he gave. I, I know you're not going to be able to find the video because it's hard to find because they don't like to show it. Um, I know Sean Hannity had it on his show. You could maybe find it on his website somewhere. But he said, we're going to march down there. And he did say, I'm going to go down there with you, which he didn't. But he said, we're going to march down there and we're going to peacefully and patriotically, that is what he said, peacefully and patriotically, make our voices heard at the Capitol. And so he, and he just released a statement just a few days ago uh, condemning all violence. So there's uh, some more things that are around the Biden inauguration that are uh, apparently some more demonstrations that are going to happen. And he says, uh, he went ahead and released a statement saying, I do not support any violence that happens. Any violence that happens is not associated with me in any way. And so I think it's a good thing that he said that. But, again, I mean, this is just like a, the phone call from Russia that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's just something that they can use to get him out of office to mm-hmm. prevent him from running again, yeah. which is just a complete sham and a witch hunt, in my personal opinion. Yeah, and there's two there's two areas of thoughts. One judge, who's a very pronounced judge, I can't remember his name right now, uh, but he said once Trump is removed from office by vote, which is what's going to happen uh, in just a couple of days, then there is no trial of impeachment that would be legal in his mind because he's already been removed from office. Now, there can be some censuring going on. They could come out and say, okay, we're not going to impeach him because he's not in office anymore, so we're just going to censure him. Okay, that's fine. That, that's happened before. Um, now, another thought is, well, let's go ahead and follow through with impeachment because once he's impeached, he can't run for office, like you said. Yeah, uh, so some are, some are going that route. Where this other lawyer is saying, no, that that would not be legal, that would not be right. So there's these two things that we're going to see. The second thing that I want to point out is Nancy Pelosi, She's the she is the Speaker of the House. So I'm going to use her words. She is inciting him on, um, or she's indicting him on incitement of the people. This is Nancy Pelosi's words, uh, word for word. Uh, this is what she said, and it says this. I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. 
I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be when people realize uh, that this is a policy. Okay, that's her words. This is her thoughts. Okay, this is what she is saying. So if Donald Trump is inciting people, this would be inciting people as well. This is the one that when I heard this one, uh, and I'm going to try to attach some audio clips so you can hear these, but this is the words that Maxine Waters said. I was just looking that up to say that. When I heard this, I was appalled that an American citizen said these, much less than an elected representative said these words. If you see anyone from that cabinet talking about Donald Trump's cabinet, you see anyone in a restaurant, in an apartment store, you get out there and you create a crowd and you push back on them. She even went as far as to say, if you see someone eating in a restaurant, put your hand in their soup and spit on them. Okay, that, that's incitement. If we're going to call apple apple, if we're going to call an orange an orange, this is incitement. Why are we not impeaching these people? She goes on, Kamala Harris, our president, vice president-elect, said this, protesters should not let up. That I, that I right, that's right. For the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware. Because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after. Um, protesters should not let up. Okay, Donald Trump is saying stop it, and yet we're inciting him on incitement when we've got a president-elect saying don't let up. This is all during the Black Lives Matter protest. And then uh, Miss Presley, Ivana Presley, said there needs to be unrest in the street. I don't know which more is more incitement. Donald Trump saying, hey, let's go down there and let's have a peaceful protest and let's let's tell our representatives that we're not happy with their decision. And, you know, if you look at the timeline that they actually broke into the Capitol six minutes before the protesters even arrived. Okay, that's the FBI's timeline. Um, There are some and there's some um, some people on the Hill that have said that there were organizers who were letting People come in prior to this attack that were part of the attack um, and giving them tours. If that ever happened and there were people that were colluding to this prior to this, knowing this was going to happen, those people, whether they're elected representatives, police officers, they need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent because that right there is called treason. And that very clearly goes against our Constitution. Bryson, what's your thoughts? I'm so happy you just pointed out everything you pointed out. That, <laughs> that is awesome. All summer long, these people burned down our country. We watched it uh, start around, uh, I don't know, June, July maybe, and they're supporting this this destruction of our country, and they're encouraging it. Don't, okay? don't let up. Yeah, don't let up. You've got got people on CNN with fire standing behind them, people's businesses burning down behind them, saying this is peaceful, and then you have Trump supporters, which are 95, 90, the majority of them are peaceful, and then you have some some Antifas come in 
that destroy everything and, and ruin the whole day. I'm not saying Trump supporters didn't have anything to do with it, but the majority did not. And that's not what our intentions were. And then the same day Donald Trump denounced any violence that happened, said we can't have it, we have to protect Capitol Police, these politicians are supporting um, the um, harming our police officers, burning down our businesses. That, that not one time did Joe Biden or Kamala Harris denounce Antifa, which is responsible for the deaths of who knows how many Americans this year. And what makes me so mad is that one thing happens that isn't necessarily even cons- associated with Trump supporters that they didn't even start. One thing happens, and then Donald Trump denounces it, but now he's going to get impeached for it. These people are so treasonous. They're, they're, so, they're hypocrites is what they are. That is the perfect word for them. They're hypocrites. And it, it just makes me so mad that this is going on in our country. And it makes me mad that Republicans in Congress are letting this happen. The American people are letting this happen. Yeah. And, and it's, very, it's destroying our country, literally. Um, and it did. I mean, you just watched it all summer. That is, it's just got me so aggravated, um, the, the hypocrisy uh, within these people. They need to be impeached. They need to be out of office. And I, I hope that we see that one day. Will we? Probably not, because they've got the media. They've got all, all these other uh, things. You know, they've, they're, they're so powerful, and, and all they want is power. Gosh, I hope, I hope they never get it. <laughs> I think Bryson got a little fired up just now, guys. I did. I'm, so, that's I'm so happy. I'm uh, so excited. We, we need to – and, hey, we're not calling out Democrats, but we're calling out all of elected representatives. I mean, that's just what's happening. You know, I'm, you, you might think that I'm trying to speak on one side on that, and, and maybe you, you might can see that, but, like, that's not – like, I'm not making things up. That's – I'm just telling, commentating on what has actually happened, and yeah. that is what happened. And, and we said this last time. As president, Donald Trump made this horrific phone call to Georgia, and he abused his power in that way. Okay, The elected representatives right now in House and Congress are abusing their power by calling one, basically the old statement, calling the, uh, the, the what is it, calling the kettle black? Yeah. Okay, that's what they're doing. They're, they're saying Donald Trump has incited people when the same people in Congress and in the House have incited people as well. And so we're trying to call people out, and we're trying to say, hey, you have done some things wrong, and you need to to address some of these issues. Another thing I want to bring up real quick, and we're about to get into our, our guest, and we're probably taking too much time on this. We are, but um, I think it's important that we're talking about this. I hope this really... I hope somebody really appreciates this. I saw this on on Facebook, and uh, I'm not going to cite the author because I don't know who the author was, uh, but they said this, that people in... Um, the House and Congress and Joe Biden and other celebrities are saying that this is the the sixth was the darkest day in our history. Um, and I'm just going to read this word for word and we may talk about it just for a minute. Um, but as you think about the darkest day in the history of America, okay, the history of America is not 15 years old. Okay, it is a very, very long history. Uh, and so I want you to think about these things. Uh, we've had four presidential assassinations. We've had a civil war in which half a million Americans killed each other. Okay, people literally were killing brothers and sisters and neighbors over racism and and trying to free black people, which I'm for. I'm for the freedom of people. Okay, we went through uh, multiple massacres. We went through uh, bombings. We went through um, the Unabomber. We went through all these other bombings that have happened, the the bombings of, of the, the school shootings, the things that are that are horrific that should have never happened on American soil. We went through a stock market crash. We went through a de- Great Depression. We went through an attack on Pearl Harbor. 
which was devastating. The largest attack that has ever happened on on human soil outside of I think nine eleven. Okay, more Americans died during those days. We sent men to two world wars to free Jewish people to help eliminate socialism, to help eliminate the Cold War. We had a nine eleven attack. These were devastating things. These were I remember nine eleven. I remember sitting there watching the planes go into the tower, or as some of our elected representatives, some people put some planes into a tower one day. No, terrorists drove planes into the World Trade Centers, and they destroyed American lives. I've been to Ground Zero, and I've seen the devastation that happened, and yet they were going to say that January 6th was the darkest day in our history. It was certainly a crazy day. It was certainly a horrible day, but I don't think it was the darkest day in our history. Slavery was the darkest day in our history. Taking men and women from their homes in Africa and bringing them here and auctioning them off like a piece of meat, that was the darkest day in our history. But yet we're going to say that people, and I'm not downplaying the events that happened, but what I am saying is it was wrong and it shouldn't have been done. And so, frankly, it's ignorant that people would say it's the darkest day in our history when you, we have a very rich history of good and bad things. And so we need to take these things and we need to learn from them because if we don't learn from history, it's going to happen again. Bryson? That's exactly right. I, I'm not even going to say anything. I, I, nobody could have said it better. That's great what you had to say. Um, you know, people are so, people don't realize what we have been through as a country, especially my generation. My generation, I, I wasn't alive when um, 9-11 happened. I, I wasn't alive when a lot of these things took place. And so many people take for granted these freedoms that we have and where we've come from to have these freedoms and by taking it for granted and not waking up and realizing that um, and and listening to these politicians who are just lying to us daily, um, it's ultimately going to destroy this country and it's, and we're on that path right now, but, but this, that was not the darkest day in American history by far. We we've been through so much and we've overcame a lot. So yeah, we have. And you know, when I, I've talked to people in world war two and, there were families that were in that Pearl Harbor attack. And the thoughts of those men and women laying in bed asleep and hearing the jets fly by and hearing the bombs drop, that was a pretty dark day in history. And to compare that to people breaking into the Capitol, three people dying, more than what should have died. Two officers killed, one lady killed, many people injured. Uh, yeah, there was a... a you can say a, a, a domestic terrorist attack. You can say people were uh, a little excited and a little uh, did some things they shouldn't have done. But, man, that's happened all summer long. We've seen protests. We've seen riots all summer long. And to to not compare this to those uh, is a very gross understatement because it is the exact same thing. And these people should be tried to the fullest extent. And I'm calling for the police officers to do their investigation. Investigate All of the Black Lives Matter protests, just like you're going to investigate this and prosecute people to the fullest extent. Uh, And so that was. Yeah, I'm going to say one more thing. Um, Just I know we're taking up so much time on this, uh, what we're talking about right now. But the National Guard has been deployed to the Capitol um, Mm -hmm. just within the same day of January 6th. And all summer long, we watched these riots and and these things happen uh, throughout our nation. And when um, federal help, the National Guard, when people like that, um, even police officers, were sent in to fix these problems, the destruction of our cities, um, it, it was it was so wrong to do it then. But but now we've got the we've got 
the National Guard being sent from uh, Roy Cooper in North Carolina, being sent from all over the country to, to the Capitol um, for, for one day that was a bad day in our history. But they haven't. I mean, it's so funny that how they um, react and, and do things so differently when it is not their people that are causing the destruction. Yeah. And ultimately, it was. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and transition to our next um, segment of our show. All right, we've got DJ here from Hickory. And uh, just right down the road, he actually is a 10th grader, 15 years old in uh, Bunker Hill High. And uh, he's going to be with us to talk about the topic of marriage and sexuality. And so, DJ, welcome to the show. Uh, we're glad you're here. Any opening comments that you may have to tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and just some history about who you are? Um, well, first off, I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for giving me the opportunity to be here. Um, really, just about me, I mean, after getting saved, I realized, because I was like more on the Democratic side about abortions and stuff, and then after getting saved, I realized that you can't really justify stuff like that, and then I changed my way, and then earlier this year, I got like really deep into politics when the election started happening, started seeing how bad things really are on the left side, and so that's how I'm here. Okay, well, cool, and I think you reached out through a mutual friend of Bryson's on Snapchat, maybe, back in October, and so, yeah, we're glad to have you on the show. We're going to be talking today about marriage and sexuality, and like we do every episode that we talk through the uh, specific issue. We're going to read the party platforms. This is the 2020 party platforms of the Democrat, the Libertarian, and the Republican parties. And so the Democratic Party states this on marriage and sexuality. It says, Democrats applaud this year's U.S. Supreme Court decision that made it clear that employee discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity violates the law. But we know that we still have to work to do to ensure the LGBTQ plus People are treated equally under the law and in our society. We will fight to eradicate the Equality Act and at last outlaw discrimination against the LGBTQ plus people in housing, public accommodations, access to credit, education, jury service, federal programs. We will work to ensure the LGBTQ plus people are not discriminated against when seeking to adopt or foster children, protect the LGBTQ plus children from bullying and assault and guarantee transgender students access to facilities based on their gender identity. Democrats will ban harmful conversion therapy practices. We will ensure that all transgender and non-binary people can procure official government identification documents that accurately reflect their gender identity. So a lot of words there, a lot of LGBTQ+. I wanted to read it exactly word for word that we have here. So, Bryson, go ahead and read the Libertarian Party platform. All right. They say the government does not have the authority authority to define, promote, license, or restrict personal relationships regardless of the number of participants. Consenting adults should be free to choose their own sexual practices and personal relationships until such time as the government stops its illegitimate practice of marriage licensing. Such licenses must be granted to all consenting adults who apply. And so we're going to have DJ read the Republican Party platform. Foremost among those institutions is the American family. It is the foundation of civil society, and the cornerstone of the family is natural marriage. The union of one man and one woman, we oppose the imposition of a social and cultural revolution upon the American people by wrongly redefining sex discrimination 
reshaping or entire society to fit the mold of an ideology alien to America's history and traditions. All right. So after we've read all those, DJ, what are your initial thoughts on marriage and sexuality? Um, and should the government even have a hand in all that? What's your thoughts? Marriage, it, it, it was made, it was meant for man and a woman. Okay. It was not made for man and man, woman and woman. It was not. Um, and if we're going, because like I'm, I'm really basing my stuff off biblical, yeah, and mm-hmm. facts. But I don't think there's no such thing as non-binary. I think that's something you just go like those people want to tell you to like make you feel like there's not anything wrong with you. Like you're doing the right thing because this is the way the world is now. It's normal to be gay. It's normal to be non-binary. You know, it's normal, but it's really not. It's very unnatural and it's disgusting to me. I think it's not right. And it's an abomination in the Bible. Yeah. Question. Should we treat someone that is LGBTQ, gay, lesbian, non-binary, if they identify as that? Should we treat them different than anyone else? No, you should treat everybody with the same respect. Okay. That would be sexist, James. It, it would be. I just want to be clear. I mean, hey, we're trying to ask these questions. Right, a, lot of, right. a lot of people think when, when you say statements like, I don't believe in that, I don't think it's right, they automatically assume that we're just going to treat them differently. Exactly. And to be perfectly honest, we're not going to treat anyone differently. I'm going to treat a person just like a person, Uh, no matter what they, you know, just like I'm not going to treat a Democrat different than I would treat a Republican. Uh, I sit down at lunch with Democrats. I sit, I go to people's houses that are Democrat. I'm not going to treat them any different. Um, And so those are good things that we need to make sure that we clarify our position on, because a lot of times when people think that you're going to speak out against something, or you're going to state something different, automatically you're just going to go out and start ramblasting and hurting people because they don't agree with the way you think. Um, and so, Bryson, what's your thoughts? Two words. It's wrong. Um, if, you, if you look at, read anything uh, in the Bible, you, you can see that it is obviously God created one man and one woman uh, to be together, and that's all throughout the Bible. Uh, it, it's not designed like he said. Basically, I'm not just going to repeat. I'm not going to. Uh, waste your time repeating everything he said because he basically said everything that I'm thinking about. But, you know, that's how it is. And I think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. Uh, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, if somebody uh, considered themselves gay or, or whatever, that was not considered normal. That was considered like a disorder almost. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that we, like we just talked about, not um, treating them differently. And I'm not saying that we should, but I'm saying that um, you know, we live in a world where it has been accepted and uh, it's sort of evolved to be uh, the normal, which is absolutely so far from normal. Um, but so that's my initial thoughts is just those two words that it's wrong. Yeah. So we are coming up on the sixth year anniversary um, of June 26, 2015. So almost six years ago um, will be what was declared the landmark decision of civil rights case in the Supreme Court. Uh, was Oberfeld and Hodges. And this was a Supreme Court decision that they declared that it's a fundamental right to marry and is guaranteed to same-sex couples by both the Due Process Clause and the Equal Protection Clause. Uh, it was the 14th Amendment to the United States of the Constitution. Uh, the 5-4 ruling uh, requires that all 50 states and the District of Columbia um, be perform and recognize the marriages of a same-sex couple um, on the same terms and conditions as marriages of opposite sex couples with all the accompanying rights and responsibilities. And so this was a case that went on from that started in about January of 2002 um, and went all the way till to the Supreme Court in June 26. And this was the government recognizing and saying that it is OK for a man to marry a man 
and a woman to marry a woman. Um, and so the government has made it legal, just like the government makes a lot of things legal that maybe we don't agree with. Uh, but this was a big case, and a lot of this, I remember I've got homosexual friends that uh, they went out this day and they got married this day because they wanted to celebrate their right. Um, and so they could legally be married. Um, and so what's what's y'all's thoughts on that? I know this is a very tough topic to talk about because we all know someone who is a homosexual, someone who is a um, someone who is a um, part of the LGBTQ community. And so what is your thoughts on this, um, DJ? Um, well, the Bible, it says it cre- he created man and woman. He mm-hmm. did not create non-binary or like no gender, something like that. So and you look back in the olden days, like he was saying, there, there's a reason abortion was not legal. There was a reason same-sex marriage wasn't legal. That's because back then people had a mind, and they went by the Bible, well, most people at least, and they knew what they believed in until we came with Gen X, I think that's what they call it, um, our generation, and they, they made abortion legal, and they made all this stuff legal because this is normal. This is what Hollywood wants us to think is normal. This is what they've turned everything into, but really it's just perverting the mind of little kids and everything thinking that being gay is cool or it's the new hip thing or something, but it's not. It's really not. Okay. Yep. Our corrupt government is corrupting society. <laughs> um, when you have, I remember seeing the Obama White House um, in, in all kinds of different cute little rainbow colors. Um, I think that it's wrong that our government is, is would do something like this. Obviously, we're not going back on it because that, that's not going to happen. I mean, Donald Trump even has a... A man that considers himself gay working in his cabinet. So I'm not going to say that it's a one-party thing, but like just for the government to come out and do something like this, like we should have stood firm. I really think that they, um, this is something that they used at the time for a political gain, and so that's w- where it's yeah. kind of grown. And we're going to do an episode on what's called identity politics. Um, I think we're going to try to have Daniel Odom back on here. Uh, to do a full episode on that. So we don't want to really diverge into this too much. But uh, like Bryson said, a lot of times, and and even during this process of Joe Biden, they said this, the most diverse cabinet that's ever been placed because there's a gay man and there's a lesbian woman and there's a transgender whoever on his cabinet. Um, But I don't know if diverse cabinet means quality cabinet. I think that sometimes you got to look at their, um, uh, their qualifications more than their sexual orientation or whatever it may be. And so those are some things that we'll talk about later today. Bryson, yeah, you're um, looking excited over there. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember when uh, Joe Biden first announced his cabinet um, way back, I, uh, I guess. December, yeah. December, no, November, November, December, yeah. Um, I remember when he did that, and I was, I was, uh, I found it interesting that his cabinet was uh, being talked about as the most diverse cabinet. This is going to be the uh, most diverse administration. And, I began to think, and I was thinking sort of like you were just saying, like, if you're picking people because of um, they are gay or because they're uh, African-American or or because of their race, gender, whatever, if you're picking people because of that, is that not racist and sexist in a way? It could be, yeah. yeah. So I I don't really know, but, um, (laughs) you know, that's sort of uh, what I thought about when you said that. But, yes, I agree with what you said. All right, next topic. So we talked about marriage. We've talked about how marriage um, is, and we're going to discuss the biblical view in here in just a minute. We're just trying to lay some foundation work 
on what has happened in in the world lately. And so that was 2015. Just recently, this is what has happened um, just within the last couple of days. Um, the House ruling, so the, the we've talked about today a lot of what the House just did with the impeachment, uh, but the U.S., United States House of Representatives passed a new resolution um, about gender, really, is what it is. It, it, this cancel culture is, is so prevalent right now. But if you look in Clause 8C3 of the Rule 23XXII um, of the Roman numeral, it says this, that we are to strike. And so any resolution that comes before the desk of Nancy Pelosi or whoever the minority whip leader is of the of the House, this is what they must strike from now on. They cannot use the words. And I want you to think about these words and how common they are for us to use. But they have to strike the words father, mother. I'm going to read it exactly. Father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, first cousin, nephew, niece, husband, wife, father-in-law, mother-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, stepfather, stepmother, stepson, stepdaughter, stepbrother, stepsister, half-brother, half-sister, grandson, and or granddaughter. And they must insert these words. So they took that whole long list of everything, and they have to insert parent, child sibling, parent sibling, first cousin, sibling's child, spouse, parent-in-law, child-in-law, sibling-in-law, step-parent, step-child, step-sister, step, I'm sorry, no, not step-sister, that would be wrong, step-sibling, half-sibling, or grandchild. They are totally eliminating any type of word of gender so that no one can look and say, well, that's my brother. No, that would be your sibling. They're eliminating gender from the house rules. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Initial thoughts. I'm going to say something real quick before I let you talk. Um, I'm a little outraged that I don't believe I, they said grandfathers and grandmothers, but I don't think they said great-grandfathers. Mm, I'm outraged that they did not put that in there. That mm. kind of offends me. All right, go ahead and speak your mind. Honestly, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I don't really care. I mean, like, I'm going to call my sister my sister. I'm going to call my mother my mother. I mean, like, yeah. you can get over it. Like I said, Nancy Pelosi, she has in her bio on Twitter, grandmother and mother. Mm. Now, if you're going to rule something like this out, yep. how could you be so ignorant to keep something like that in your bio when you're, quote, unquote, against it? Mm-hmm. It's all about the gays or whatever you want to call them being on her side and supporting her. That's all she wants. That's all it's about. And I think it's completely ignorant, illiterate, like, there are there are mother, there's our father, sister, and brother. That's the way it's going to stay if you like it or not. Yeah. You can't change your gender. Well, and, and it goes even more deeper than that because it's it's how we communicate with each other. The word them used to be referring to us in a room, a group of people. But now we are now using the pronoun them to refer to one person. So how in the English language can you write something down? And if I'm referring to Bryson and I say... Bryson went to the store, them went out and did something. And I'm referring to one person. It doesn't make yeah. sense grammatically. And I'm not a grammar teacher. Uh, if anyone's listening to this you, and you went to school with me, you know that I don't do well in grammar. Uh, I took bonehead grammar when I went to college. I didn't even get a credit for my first semester of grammar because grammar is not what I do well. <laughs> but I do know the difference between them and they and one person. You would use the word I or me or myself you would not refer to yourself as them. But this is changing, and it goes along this whole cancel culture of getting rid of these pronouns that identify people. I'm a parent, yes, but I'm also a dad. I'm a father. I'm a husband. 
Okay, I would not refer to myself as a parent when I'm referring to my wife and say, you know, I was a good parent today. No, I was a good husband. I was a good father today. You want to use those those definite pronouns because they mean something. Um, so yeah. Anything else to add on those things before we get no, to the biblical not view? Because really, if I right. say anything else, I'm not getting. <laughs> so biblically, let's go through biblically th- some things here. And if you look at the very first marriage and what God defines marriage as, you can open up your Bible to the very first chapters in Genesis, and it says that God created male and female. He used gender recognition there. He didn't say a non-binary person and another non-binary person, and they became spouses. He said they became husband and wife, and he wed them together. That's the first union of marriage, and that was a picture of what one day is going to happen to us as Christians when we sit before God as a marriage between us, the church, and Jesus Christ himself. And so that first marriage is a big picture, and even if you look at the the readings of Jesus, and you go to Matthew, and you go to Mark, Luke, and John, and Jesus says that when a man loves a woman— not the song. When a man loves a woman. Sing okay, it, brother. A little breakout there. Uh, <laughs> Sing it. When he says this happens, it says that the man is going to leave his father and mother. We get those pronouns again. Okay, Jesus himself is referring to the parents as a mother and a father. So we see another example there of another marriage. And cleave to his non-binary spouse. Now the Bible says to cleave to his wife. Okay, so we see this picture that Jesus lays out of a marriage between a man and a woman. And if you look biblically, uh, I'm a study of the Bible. I'm a student of the Bible. I can't see anywhere where God can condones, I guess would be the word that I'm looking for, a man and a man and a woman and a woman. It does say in, in the Old Testament that, and even in the New Testament, in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 through 28, it goes through and it talks about how it is immoral for a man to lay with a man or a woman to lay with a woman. And God condones those things. Now, it is wrong, biblically, to look at it that way, uh, but it's also wrong for a man to go out and to sin and to steal. It, it's sin. And so we've got to look at these things not as a wrong because I don't agree with it, but wrong because it's sin. And wrong because God doesn't call a man to marry a woman, or God doesn't call a man to marry a man, but a man to marry a woman. And so we've got to look at this from a biblical worldview, and we've got to say, okay, what does the Bible say? And and the Bible talks about this, and it talks about in Romans 1, verses 19 through 28, and it talks about how men are going to fall away from their natural desires and go to unnatural desires. And so this is Paul writing this, and this is him saying that this is going to happen. He's foretelling what's going to happen. And so, guys, what's your thoughts on that? Just I didn't want to go super deep today. I just wanted to hit some highlights, some things that if you're familiar with the Bible, you're familiar with God creating a man and a woman, not two people, not um, siblings, not whatever it is, but he actually defined them as man and woman. So what's your guys' thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, I'm going to go start with Leviticus 18.22 that says, Thou shalt not lie with a mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Mm-hmm. Which that's the way I look at homosexuality is an abomination. And people is always asking me, do I support the LGBTQF community? And I don't, I don't support it. It's just they're trying to rule out the Bible. And if you bring up the Bible ever in politics, they're always going to say separation of state and religion. But you got to understand the founding fathers, they're the ones that put trust in God or God. I don't know what it is. In God we trust. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah right, that's right. terrible. I don't know that. It, hey, when you come on the show, you get nervous sometimes. Yeah. You forget okay. things. Okay. Um, 
But I really just think it's about making everything to quote unquote new normal. I guess that's what you want to call it. I cancel mean, culture is what they're calling it. Yeah. yeah they're, so they're normalizing anything um, that's offensive. You got to cancel right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Aunt Jemima's and everything that goes against syrup, the Bible, like that. everything that goes against the Bible and anything like that is being normalized. And yeah. soon they're going to cancel the Bible. They're going to try mm-hmm. to cancel us, and they're going to try to take out religion. And when that does happen, we're going to be out of here. I'm yeah. not worried about being here. But making it normal is just so sickening mm-hmm. and perverted. It's disgusting. And, I mean, coming up with all these genders, there's only two. That's mm-hmm. all they're ever, ever will be. You cannot change your gender. You were born a man and a woman. That's what it says in the Bible. And... I just will never support that community, the LGBTQF, if you know what the F stands for. Well, I don't. It's uh, the first, nah, first time I've heard that, but, yeah. Um, I usually say plus because there's, like, so many other things, and I wouldn't want to yeah, offend the anybody. The list goes on and on. Right. There's, um, like, thousands of genders. Yeah. And yeah. what really gets me is, is I've got kids. I've got a 5-year-old. I've got a 7-year-old, and I've got a newborn that's about to be born here. In just a couple weeks, we're pregnant right now. Um, And the other day, we were sitting around the house, and Brody was watching a show, and it was The Loud House. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, what got me was, uh, you know, I grew up in a crazy house. There was five of us, so we were all going crazy. So I could relate to The Loud family and how crazy they were, because that's how our life was. But the, the boy, he had a friend, and his friend had two dads, okay? And they bring, they're, they're together a lot. And there was one day where the, the, the boy asked this, this friend, hey, can you spend the night? Can you hang out with us? And the guy that had the two dads went over to his dad's house, and it, it was a, an exact correlation here of a chaotic, crazy, normal family of a husband and a wife. Things are crazy, blowing up the house, popping things. And they went over to the house where the boy that had the two dads was at, and it was calm. They had some cats going around, and there was no craziness. It was just how simplistic it could be. And they gave this illustration of the normal couple of a husband and wife is crazy and chaotic, but this new household is nice and calm. And when I saw that, in my mind, I knew exactly what they were trying to portray and so I, my kids never watched another show since then of that, that episode of that show because they're trying to portray something that isn't there. They're trying to say that the husband and husband is normal and fine and nice, but the husband and wife, there's craziness, and you don't want that. Um, and after that, I began doing a little bit of research, and you don't have to research a lot. Uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because when I researched this, I found that there's this what's called a – it used to be called the Gay and Lesbian Alliance for Movie Foundations – and they actually monitor all of the characters in movies and, and TV shows that are part of the LGBTQ community, and they make sure that they're portrayed in a good light. You're never going to have a villain that was a gay man, or you're never going to have someone who robs a grocery store that's a lesbian, because they don't want them portrayed in a bad light. And they actually go in there and they make sure that there's X amount of the LGBT community representative in movies. That's why we see it so much. Have you guys ever seen a movie or a TV show that a gay, lesbian, LGBTQ person has ever been portrayed in a bad light? No. Mm -hmm. No, And and maybe our listeners that are listening can help us out with this. And if you've seen one, shoot us an email. Uh, But I, I have not seen one or seen, but I've seen many of straight white men be the serial killer. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the bank robber. Yeah. Or, all the and and I just 
they make this perception that if you're part of this community, that there's nothing wrong. There mm-hmm. is no wrong that you can do because you're part of this community. I'm a firm believer that the Bible says that all men are fallen. All men have created or, or have sin in us, and we are going to do wrong. But yet when this, this new cancer culture, they want to portray it as they can do no wrong. So that, that's sort of my thoughts as I, as I studied this out a little bit. So any other thoughts, guys, on this, those two topics? I do find it funny. I mean, I'm 15, but sometimes I'll sit down and watch Nickelodeon. And I never forget, I saw that Loud House episode you're talking about. They, I saw the two dads and stuff, but I didn't, like, notice how much you did, like how much you observed it. I was, like, too interested in the show. But I was like, really? They're showing that to children? Yeah. Because it's like, like all these Disney movies coming out. Not all, but there are some with mm-hmm. gay people in it. And you look at this, and who, who's the main audience who are going to see this? Kids, yeah. of course. And Hollywood's satanic, and they just want to get into the minds of our children and be like, this is okay, this is okay. Because you're not born gay, okay? You're not. God would not make anybody gay. So they're trying to make it be like, oh, you can be attracted to man, and women can be attracted to women. That's so normal. That's natural. It's not. It's unnatural. It's not normal. It's the farthest thing from normal. And, yeah. Well, and the only thing that I would argue with that one statement that you said is that man is born sinful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So man's not born gay. Just like men aren't born killers. Men aren't born pedophiles. Men aren't born serial killers. But men and women are born sinful, yeah. and our sinful nature leads us to sin. Mm-hmm. And so, if we classify homosexuality as sin, then yes, you're born into sin. So you could, if you wanted to parse that out, yeah, you could you could say that. But men are not born pedophiles. Yeah, they're born sinful. They don't look at themselves as yes, a sin. It, exactly. They, they That's the it's difference. Not sinful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's good that you pointed that out. I remember uh, talking to you about that a few weeks ago, and that's uh, I guess that's kind of like censorship. Like this is being uh, instilled in the minds of the young people of this nation, which is eventually it, it makes their minds think like it just trains them to think this is normal. This is like yeah. censorship. This is like things that would happen in like communist China. Yeah, like using cartoons. Um, uh, that children are going to watch um, to essentially brainwash them in a sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that well, you pointed that out. And it's nothing new, okay? Right. This has been going on for a long time. Right? You look back at Fidel Castro when he took over Cuba. No one wanted to follow Fidel Castro. He wasn't a prominent leader. So you know what he did? He went into a kindergarten classroom, and he had all the kids bow their heads, and he said, I want all of you to pray to God right now for ice cream. So all the kids bowed their head, and they prayed to God for ice cream. He said, okay, open your eyes. There was no ice cream there. He said, okay, I want all the kids down to bow your heads and pray to Fidel Castro for ice cream. And they all did, and when they opened their eyes, all the teachers had put ice cream on their desk. And they had ice cream in front of them. So from that point on, who do you think they were following? The person that gave exactly. them ice cream. It starts at, I'm not going to And so what he did was he, he indoctrinated an entire young generation. Yep. And so it took one generation for everyone to fall into the socialism that Fidel Castro was going to put them under because yep. Fidel Castro was going to give me ice cream and God didn't. And so now all of a sudden, an entire generation, it took one generation, that was it, 10 years, for every one of those kids to start following after Fidel Castro, and he took over a nation, he took over a country just by that one act. Yeah, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is only one generation away from extinction. Yeah. And so here in America, which we're not here to talk about education, but the education system has sort of uh, sort of, uh, essentially done yeah. that type of thing. Like, DJ, your, your generation and my generation, 
is going to uh, face probably the biggest problem that Americans, not the biggest problems Americans have ever faced, not at all, but it's we're going to see a time where America is going to essentially become a socialist country because our generation has um, come up from this this uh, system sort of not as extreme as Fidel Castro was, um, but things like just what we see in our cartoons, um, things that were being taught at a young age to uh, accept a socialist um, uh, a socialist agenda or things. That's why you see this younger generation being so liberal, um, especially, I would say, from college students all the way down to people my age. Um, but, again, that's the thing. This is These are things that happened in communist China. This is what Germany did with cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just to uh, hide what's really happening and, and essentially brainwash. Yeah. All right, let's go through a couple of questions here. We're, we're on our last little segment. We're getting ready to finish up. And so, uh, Bryson, why don't you go and ask the first question, and we'll go from there. All right, so do you see political agendas pushed or forced in our schools uh, by teachers, staff, or even students? And if you do, what are you seeing being done to push these agendas, which is kind of what we were just talking about? Well, personally, I go to, like, more of a country school. So, yeah. and, I mean, don't get me wrong, we do have liberal teachers. I got yelled at for saying the word ghetto. I can't say that word now. Um, But I think it's being forced because um, the school system, the education is under the government. And the government, they support the LGBTQ plus and all that. So I feel like the schools, they do try to force that being gays, normal, and all that. Because if you're in school and if you were to call somebody gay or if you were to say something, discrimination, apparently, then you will get in trouble for that. But really... I mean, you shouldn't. It's a freedom of speech. Now, am I saying you should call somebody a name because they're gay? No, you shouldn't. It's disrespectful. Um, you should pray for them, and that's what you should do. All right. Next question. How do you feel political decisions are affecting you personally? Hmm. Really being out in, like, the public more. I mean, not my own home. I mean, yeah, we got to deal with it over the social Internet and stuff. But you look around and you see how it's affecting our children, like the younger generation. I don't want the generation growing up and being brainwashed to thinking that it's okay to be gay, that, like, that is normal. Like, this is the new stuff. I don't – it's polluting the mind of children. And what's really affecting me, like, all these political acts, like abortion – the millions and killings of innocent little babies. That that's It hurts me, and that's how it affects me. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to ask you another question sort of uh, about education. Um, and, and I don't know about your school, like, because we're from two totally different areas. Your area, I mean, you say you go to a country school, but it's still a little bit more urban than where we're at. We're kind of in the, in the sticks. But in school, do you see more Christians stepping up for what is right, or do you see more people pushing things like abortion, fear of climate change, uh, homosexuality, or, or racism? Uh, what do you see more of, essentially? Pushing more for homosexuality and racism. And it's do you always, feel like, I don't mean to interrupt oh, you, do you feel like that is like being forced on anybody or like it's just there? I would say forced because if you have a different opinion at these public schools to where I'm at, you are, you're a terrible person. You're a Republican. You are a racist. You are homophobic. If you don't support the LGBTQ, you are homophobic. If you don't support Black Lives Matter, you're a racist at my school. And it's always, it's always the white girls. It's always them who think they're just so educated. Yep. It's always them. Like one girl from my school screenshotted my story that I posted last night I talked to you about. And she was like, I was like, well, if you repost it, tag me. And she's like, I will. And she unadded me. I was like, okay, well, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 
Okay. It's always the, yep, you're right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you know of any Christians in your school that are speaking out or stepping up, um, maybe against the policies that the school is saying or the values that Christians share? Um, do you Are you friends with them? Do you know them? Do you hear them? Or is everyone just sort of sitting back and being quiet? Seriously, Fear of persecution. What are your thoughts? There were two Christians I knew last year, and I wouldn't say I was as Christian as I was now. I was not in the best place I could be. But they they wouldn't they would basically they were the Christians to say if you would stand up for what was like wrong. I mean, if you would stand up for what was right, you are you're being judgmental. You can't say that. You're 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 forcing your religion on them. That's mm-hmm. what the way they looked at it. But this year, going two days a week, I do not see anybody, anybody that's a Christian or standing up for it. This whole time I've been in the second semester, I've seen more homosexuality, more, um, like, pushing that stuff, the radical left ways. I mean, I wear a Jesus Saves mask, and I get, like, the nastiest looks. I'm like, okay, well, hey. Yeah, Yeah. and and you're isolated right now. You don't have everyone there. You've been divided up. Uh, so, yeah. so that's only half the school. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if it was the full school? Like, how bad it is now? I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the reason that I feel like people are not because we've had sort of the same answer. Like, people are sort of, um, I guess, fearful to step up and uh, for for what's right. Sort of voice their views, um, if they have conservative or Christian views, and, and I think it's because like we talked about, it is so looked down upon. And so they're, like, fearful, like, if they say anything, like, especially college students, um, like, professors, like, if you, if you write, like, say you had a political paper and you wrote it in a, in a conservative way, you had a liberal professor, and the professor failed you because of your political views. I, I feel like that's why people have, are not standing up um, as far, and I know these questions are not for me, they're for you, but um, I feel like that's why, and, like, they're doing it on purpose because they know that this is sort of silencing our voice. They're using it to silence in our voice. And so I think we got to stay strong and and voice our opinions as much as we can, uh, because I think it's important. It is. It is. That's our, that's our, that's our civic duty is to have the freedom of speech and to voice our opinion in a peaceful way, in a way that is, and it's crazy that I have to say that. It's crazy. I have to quantify that in a peaceful way because no one, in in recent day would have thought I would have had to say in a peaceful way you need to voice your opinion because we don't vo- a normal person doesn't go out and, and blow things up to voice their opinion serial killers do that the Unabomber yeah. does that okay the, Antifa does that, that. that's exactly. what, that and so to, to think of it like that is crazy Bryson what's our last question all right and we'll wrap up the show today this is the last question we ask our all of our guests do you think there is one political party that deserves the Christian vote and if you do which party and why do you think they deserve it Republicans. I mean, they made us mad the past week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, truly, for me, it's because we are not. I mean, do Republicans support abortion? I mean, no. I mean, do they support homosexuality? Yes, they do. I mean, some do. I mean, you got well, Mike Pence, and he's strongly against it. Right. You have. Uh, we have. There's a gay man in Donald Trump's cabinet. So, you know. I personally don't think. I think if you're gay, you have no right in political offices. That's the way I look at it. But Democrats, they support abortion, which is completely wrong. They support homosexuality. And, I mean, really the main thing that I would vote for Republicans is the abortion. Because, like, I just can't stand the fact that there are so many innocent little babies just being ripped out of the womb every day. 
Yeah. I want to go back just for a second. I know you said that's our last question, but you said something that I want you to elaborate on for a minute. Why do you think that there should not be a gay person in any political office? If you are too ignorant to know what your original gender is, then you have no place in political office. Well, what if they think they're a man and they're homosexual? Well, I mean, even that, that's unnatural. And I mean, like, going back to the show and stuff, back to the movies and stuff where they're polluting the minds of our children, if they see a gay man in the White House, they're going to think, oh, wow, that's normal. Okay, so being gay is now, like, that is normal. That is the new thing, and I just don't think they belong there. Okay, and to prod a little bit more because you're on the show, I'm going to ask you these things. Um, you know, Donald Trump with the whole sex tape and with the whole um, prostitute and, and almost endorsing the pornography industry, what's the difference in him promoting one ideology of uh, the way he treats women? And, you know, that was years ago, whatever you want to say. What's the difference between that and a man that says, hey, I'm a gay guy and I want to, uh, you know, serve public office? What's the difference in that? You're, well, you're, you're promoting two different things that are really of the same thing. Donald Trump, he I can't really say I support him. I can't say that that much because, honestly, um, I mean, I think we all can agree some of his decisions these past weeks were kind of insane. Mm-hmm. But Donald Trump is not my god. I do not worship Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think we got to let it go and let Biden get the office because we got to move on for America's future and see what God has in store. And the difference between that is I'm pretty sure Donald Trump has asked to be forgiven and ask God to come into his heart for the past sins that he's made. But while you're being gay, you're, you are still committing a sin. You are committing that sin every day and every hour of your life. And you're going to ask God to forgive you and come save you. Well, one second after you're still a man, you're mm-hmm. committing the sin right after you can't stay clean. You can't ask him to like forgive you because you're still doing the same thing. Now, if you quit being gay, yeah. I, I would say that you can be in the office. If, if you're once gay and you quit being gay, you go back in the office. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so the only – okay. I mean, the only thing that, that you – when you're saying that is is if we quantify homosexuality as a sin, that means no sinner should ever hold public office. Well, I mean, everyone's a sinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, sinner. Yeah, that's where I'm trying to yeah. – trying to, trying to get you to the same thought pattern I get, here, re- yeah. I get what you're saying, but, yeah. I mean, homosexuality – it's the, like, I mean, I'm not sure I can't say. I'm not no Bible scholar. <laughs> I'm not yeah. that. But it says, and it's an abomination. Yeah. But once again, religion separated from state, state, whatever. Yeah. Church and state. Yeah, church and state. But I just don't think it's right. But, I mean, if he asked to be forgiven and he quit being gay, I mean, yes, you are still a sinner, but you are not committing that sin. That sin has been washed away. It's under the blood. Same for Donald Trump and his sex tapes and the way that he treated women. It is under the blood if he asked for forgiveness. And I think that's why. I mean, I, I think you ask for it to be under the blood. You ask for him to take away that sin in your life and to ask be forgiven and you stop being gay, then you should be in office. Yeah. But when you when you say that, though, and like I said, we're going to do a whole episode on this, and I'm not trying to put you in a corner or, or isolate you, but in that same way, I think that by saying a gay person couldn't be in office is more of identity politics, just on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because all of a sudden now I only want to have gay people in office is what they say. But by us saying we don't want this in there, it's the same identity politics just on the flip side. Mm-hmm. And so I just I want to really um, challenge us to think about that and, and not get rid of the debate today, but just be thinking about it. Because um, if we're just going to quantify a decision based on someone's identity, um, we're just as wrong as they are. Yeah, I completely understand. Okay. So that's sort of where I was trying to get at in that whole that whole little jab in there. So yeah. Hey, and I want to add something about identity politics. I've always thought that, like I I can see 
you know, I can understand both sides. You know, one wants it for political gain. I understand where you can be coming from. I think that the people that are in office of government should be selected based on what they've done, uh, what, they're, what they're doing, their qualifications, their mm-hmm. policies. Um, I think they should be selected for those things because that's sort of like that middle ground where you're not selecting people because of their race, gender, whatever, um, for political gain, but you're also not um, turning them down because of something. I think it needs to be, we need to look at the policies. We talk all the time about looking at all these policies, looking at mm-hmm. their views, um, their qualifications, essentially. Yeah. So. That's what I thought was great when we had Virginia Fox on here. Right. You know, she she works with Nancy. She works with some of these people in the office. Um, but it's her qualifications that put her there. Right. Not because she was a woman from North Carolina. Right. But her qualifications. So. Yeah, I completely get where you are coming from. I really do. And I mean, like, that kind of changed my mind a little bit. I can't lie. Okay. Because well, y'all, y'all really do have a great point. I mean... It's just that, oh, really, there's just nothing. I mean, I really agree with y'all because, like, that is the same thing saying you can't be in office because you're a woman or mm-hmm. something like that or because of your race. But Discrimination on both sides. Yeah, yeah. I get where you're coming from. But really, it's just my opinion. I mean, it's never going to happen. I mean, they're going to yeah. allow gay people in office. It don't matter what anyone says. But I think that you should be allowed in office by the way that you are educated and what you have done, like he said. But really, I just feel like the whole government is just corrupted by now. I just feel like we need to, like, reshape everything. Yeah. Now, I will say, we're talking about government office. If this was an office, or not necessarily an office, but some sort of position within a church. Oh, completely different. Then it is a completely different thing. There's biblical mandates for who holds offices in churches. So, yeah, you've got a completely different point there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like, that's like, I don't, that's basically say somebody is drinking, smoking, like they're living the sinful life, but then on Sunday they go up there and play the guitar yeah. on the <laughs> Yep. The, the, so. I don't know what to yeah. call it. No, you're yeah. good. The oh, stage. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. say the stage. Oh, it's yeah. not. So. Well, Bryce, uh, Bryson and DJ, thanks for the show today. Uh, DJ, I'm going to uh, ask you if you don't mind to close us in prayer, and uh, then we'll give some final remarks at the very end. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for all that you have done, Lord. Um, Thank you for letting me come here today, Lord, and being able to be on these people's podcasts, Lord. Just please watch over us, Lord, and please um, help lead our world leaders, Lord, into the right choices, Lord. I want to thank you for all that you have done, Lord. Please bless us all, Lord, and please keep us safe, Lord. In Jesus' precious holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming on here, DJ. Absolutely. Thanks for coming uh, on. Uh, Check us out on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, soon to be YouTube, potentially. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, We got a page. There's absolutely nothing on there. Uh, We want to hear from you. We have an email address. James, where's it at? Five by productions five at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And we want to hear from you. Anchor has an option where you can send us an audio message. We will incorporate that sort of like we did uh, those interviews that you heard last week. Yeah. And so, hey, thanks for listening. Hopefully you made it this far into the show. And uh, we had a deep topic today, a very tough topic, because it's so prevalent in our society today. And so we don't want to shy away from any topic. I think we've got three left of our 13 topics before we start into something else. And so we're just thankful for you guys for listening. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by FYBY. If you enjoyed the content, please leave a rating or review and check out our Facebook page for more content.